0: This episode of The Film Freaks is brought to you by our Gmail. Feel free to reach out and email us at thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com. Once again, it's thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of The Film Freaks. I'm your host, Derek, and I'm hoping you all had a wonderful week. I know I did. I went out and... Um, challenged myself recently to, um, this school semester, make some, make some new friends. And, uh, I, so I joined a discord server and it was really funny because back when I was in elementary school, there's, there's always this thing when you're in school, that's like really popular, right? For me in elementary school, it was, um, Bakugan and Yu-Gi-Oh!, And then it was Beyblade in, like, middle school, high school, I don't really know, I don't recall too well. But it seems like now in college it's Magic the Gathering, at least at my school it is. So I've started to kind of get into that, and it's really funny because after playing Yu-Gi-Oh! for so many years, or rather collecting those cards and then just learning how to play Pokemon recently, the trading card game that is, um, it's really interesting to kind of see how Magic is, you know, finishing that trio of... um, the big name brand card games trading card games and it's interesting to see how that game differs from the other two but yeah i i wanted to go ahead and i wanted to bring you a discussion today this week about a movie that i had been wanting to see for quite a while it came out last year 2022 and it really intrigued me so yeah let's just go ahead and jump right in Hey folks, real quick, sorry to, to interrupt, but this is Future Derek. Just wanting to say that I realized upon editing this episode, I forgot to mention the name of the movie we are covering most likely in the intro. The movie this week we will be talking about, in case you don't see it on your screen or whatever device you use to listen to this, we're going to be discussing the film The Outfit from 2022. Just wanted to throw that out there. Anyway, back to the show. Okay, so on IMDb, and I'm just going to quote from them here because I think they do a really good job with the plot synopsis, an expert cutter must outwit a dangerous group of mobsters in order to survive a fateful night. So it stars um, Mark Rylance as Leonard, Zoe Deutsch as, um, or Dutch, I believe I'm probably mispronouncing these people's names and I do apologize, but she stars as Mabel and it's set in the 1950s in Chicago in a, um, shop, right? And so it's this, it's this, I don't want to call it a tailor because he's technically, he, as it says in here is a cutter, but this man, uh, Leonard creates some of the finest suits in, in Chicago. And what ends up happening is these mobsters and these gangsters, because Al Capone was a big thing around this time, or at least, you know, one of those centric figures. You know, he was a very popular name back then. And so the the big thing was that, these people, you know, crime is kind of going up, presumably. I probably should have done a little bit of research before this, I'm not going to lie. But it seems to me, at least based solely off this movie, that Al Capone was a big name, which is true, around this time. And that mobs and gangs are really starting to become the thing. You know, you, you start to see these people talking a little differently. The fedora, the suits are a big popular thing still. Uh, So it's really interesting to kind of see how this movie brings us back to that. The interesting thing to me when I watched this last night at the time of recording this is that it's all set in one spot, one setting. And I love that. If you don't know, uh, one of the things I absolutely like just a door in film is a challenge. And I absolutely love when movies like this take place in one spot, right? You have a you have The Hateful 8 which takes place in kind of like a like an inn, right? It it doesn't entirely take place in the inn, but for the most part about 90 or I would, I would argue about 75% to about maybe 92 percent of the film takes place in an inn right so it's it saw it's kind of similar about 50 you know i'd say maybe about i don't know 75 percent of it takes place in a bathroom so it's movies like this that just offer this 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 creative challenge right you can still do anything you want for the most part And that's kind of how storytelling is, is you could do whatever you want as long as you stay consistent, right? And follow certain rules that you set for yourself. That being said, um, one of the first points I want to get to is, and I wrote this down, as I do with all my points, I don't know why I said, and I wrote this down. I always write down my, I always write five points that I want to go over just as talking points in case somehow, some way I get a little sidetracked or don't really have anything on the top of my mind. But I, I put here it's a masterclass of words and how to spin a web with them. With those words, right? So with this guy Leonard, he has to, you know, these these, these mobsters come in, these two guys, you know, people constantly are coming into this shop and there's like a, like a, like a mailbox in the back. And so for whatever reason, these people go in, they go to this lock box, they put something in and then they walk out and we never really shown what except for one item, which is this envelope that has this O with like a line kind of going through it. Right. It breaks in the middle, um, but it, it's, it's very, you know, it, it's, it's shown obviously, Hey, this is something that's kind of significant. Well, as it turns out, this is a tape, you know, what's in that envelope is, is like a tape and this tape has some sort of like recording on it. Right. And so this is when recording was, I guess, a big thing, you know, they record things on cassettes. And, um, if you don't know what a cassette what cassette tape is, I, I don't know what to tell you, honestly, <laughs> but, um, this cassette tape has this information that's going to supposedly give out who this rat is that the, the police are trying to, you know, that the police hired to be amongst these um, gangsters and try to like, you know, start getting inside information so that they could act accordingly and try to arrest the, the proper people. Well, it's interesting because these two guys come in, and, you know, one of them's shot and Leonard's kind of cut off guard because he was going to close for the evening. And he's forced at gunpoint to just, you know, stitch this guy up and just do all this other stuff. So it's, it's really interesting to see how he has to tell the truth without entirely, you know, telling the truth and how he has to keep himself alive and and survive through this evening. Then Mabel gets brought in a little bit later in the movie, and he now has to look out for his own well-being as well as Mabel's. So it's really interesting to see how this dynamic plays out. Um, One of my favorite things about this is that, um, you know, when I said it's a masterclass in words, what I mean is there's an instance where he's about to tell the truth to this big mob boss about how, okay. So what happens is I'm kind of jumping around here. I'm trying to stay very linear. (laughs) I'm not used to recording these by myself. So what happens is this guy Leonard stitches, this guy, Richie up and Richie is making a full recovery. Well, he's supposed to be watching this envelope with this or this briefcase, mind you, um, and it has this tape in it, and so the guy, the one guy, his name is Francis, Francis is going to go, and he's going to find some place that has a, a, a tape player to play the tape, so they can get the inside scoop, and then report back to their boss, Roy. Well, the big thing is that Roy's been like a big part of the city, and it's implied that he's like this, this head honcho, this guy that's really trying to help the city, but he's also this big hard-hitting gang leader right this this mobster so he has a lot of money he's trying to put it into the city but he's still a mobster so he's not entirely trustworthy so to speak but he's not horrible but he is does that make any sense I, i hope so um so what happens is francis goes out um Richie, you know, starts coming to, he passes out because the pain, there's no real sedative. I mean, they're in a tailor or a, um, uh, a, a, a suit shop, mind you. So it's not like they have any, you know, anything to knock him out or, or to, 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 you know, numb the pain. So this guy passes out because of the pain. Eventually he comes to and he starts feeling better. I just bumped the microphone <laughs> and, um, you know, he starts doing better and, and so what's interesting is Francis comes back. Well, you know, they call him English. So if I bump up and call him English, Leonard is the Englishman. He is an Englishman, you know, refers to people as Master Richie, Master Francis, you know, things like that. So he's he, he reminds you of Alfred from Batman. If you've if you've ever seen the um, the older like Batman 89 or or the animated series kind of reminds you of that. But anyway, um, Francis comes in, he's at the door, Leonard lets him in, Francis comes in, and this is where the wordplay comes in. Because Leonard, where he can just kind of go with the flow and just let things happen, he has to, again, he has to preserve himself. So the big thing here is that he he finds a way to, and it's done so well, um, and this is where I think the movie just does just performs incredibly he starts to convince, um, you know, step by step, Hey, well, he lost a lot of blood, but he's up and he's walking around. However, he may have lost his mind. He starts planting the seeds of doubt in Francis's mind, right? Where he's like, Hey, he could very well, you know, be the rat that you're looking for. On the other hand, he's gone to, um, prior to this, he's talked to Richie and he's told Richie, Hey, isn't it weird that Francis doesn't want you to go anywhere? He said, you know, he left without you. Could he have been going to the cops and it starts playing that seed of doubt in Richie's head? So ultimately what where this ends up is you have Francis who's now confronting Richie, Richie who's confronting Francis, Richie's holding a gun to Francis and there's a briefcase in between them. The tape is gone. The tape is missing. He has hidden the tape. Leonard has hidden the tape. Uh, but implies that Richie did this so what ends up happening is and spoilers for this fantastic movie I recommend everybody go and check out this movie for themselves it certainly deserves a lot more credit than I think you may have seen it get I think it had like a five million dollar budget and it only got like six million let me just check to make sure if my iPad wants to load yeah. So grossed worldwide. It actually lost some profit. It seems, um, are actually, yeah, yeah. It lost. I don't know how it would have lost profit because it was so good, but, um, it, it made it was a budget of 5 million and it made $4 million, which is very unfortunate. You know, I would have at least hoped that this movie would have made, you know, at least, you know, made even came out even, But anyway, um, so where was I? (laughs) So what ends up happening is Richie, I guess, gets distracted just for an incremental second. What happens is Leonard's backing up. He bumps this, this object behind him. It, it's enough to make Richie look over. Francis pulls his gun out. He shoots Richie. Well, Richie is Roy's son. So that presents a huge problem because Roy employed Richie, uh, or, and, and Francis, well, because Richie's his son, obviously, but also Francis. So it, it's kind of like this, hey, oh crap, I killed the boss's son, but the boss likes me, but I still killed his son, and because he likes me, that's not going to do anything when he figures out that I pulled the gun on his son and, and, and shot him. So they hide the body, Roy comes in, and it it's like, you know, he, he's kind of walking around and trying to figure this stuff out, and eventually figures out that there's a little more going on under the... Um, under, under the floorboards, I guess you could say, right? A little behind the scenes. So he confronts Leonard. Leonard's about to spill the beans that Francis killed Richie. When Richie walks in with Mabel, who's, um, Leonard's assistant, who's been with him for quite some time as it's established. And he has a gun to her head and it's like the worst timing ever because Leonard's going to spill the beans, but then he can't. So he has to make up a lie. And that's where the wordplay comes in, and so again, that that's just a bit of a lengthier example, but an example that I think kind of gets the the point across. What what I also loved about this was that. Um, Throughout this movie, he they, they show Leonard cre- like working on this suit jacket or or this these pants or you know creating some sort of a suit right or an outfit. Now I want you to keep that in mind if, you, if you figured it out already. Shush. Um, he he's he's designing this 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 outfit or whatever, and um, you know the the movie continues to go on. Well, eventually it's revealed after you know, things after the movie starts to, you know, close that Leonard created this, this, um, this big time mob, right. Called the outfit that was going to hire one of these two gangs. Cause there's these two gangs in the, um, in the, the, what's it called? Um, in, in Chicago, in this little area of Chicago. Right. So there's the La Fontaine, um, you know, gang and then there's the um Roy Roy's gang I'm just gonna call them Roy's gang because I don't know exactly what they're called um I don't recall or remember off the top of my mind here but um Roy's gang ends up like getting um put like thrown into this um this uh what's the word I'm looking for So Roy's gang ends up being lured into this ambush by Leonard inadvertently uh, because he he talks to La Fontaine and they're, these two gangs are rivals and he says, hey, um, just letting you know. And, and, and it's the best way possible too because he doesn't just straight up say, hey, letting you know that, you know, Fontaine letting you know that Roy's gang's going to be over there. He does this, Presumably, like, and I mean, we see it, but to my recollection, he just uses his words. It's a master craft in in webbing words together. It, I, I can't. It's hard for me to explain how good it is. Uh, eventually, though, when the Fontaines take out Roy's gang and they they walk out, it's revealed that the tape that they were given. In exchange for all this money, which was the agreement on Leonard's Leonard's end, was actually dubbed over. So we actually hear what's on that tape in the beginning of the movie. So it's getting to be this kind of nope situation, right? I'm not going to spoil note, but just know that like it, it, it's very similar to that or Us or a Jordan Peele movie. Um, what's also very interesting to know is that at the end of the movie, it's revealed that Leonard was actually a gang member so it starts to really kind of just things start to click he rolls up his sleeves he says look um i was just like you people you know because um when they when they shoot when La, when Fontaine shoots um francis francis is oh excuse me francis is dead but he's not actually dead. Like he comes back. I guess his wound didn't kill him, but it like he's losing a lot of blood. It probably should have, but somehow he comes back. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, Leonard, you know, gets attacked, and so he he starts to to move around and you know dodge and in, in you know the knife that Francis is waving around. And eventually gets him on the floor and says, look, I was just like you, rolls up his sleeves and we see all these tattoos. And for the most part, Leonard is portrayed as this really kind, easygoing kind, like type of fellow. So it's, it's quite a shock when you realize that he was a gang member as well. And that the reason he's in Chicago is because his family, like he was involved in a gang. And when he wanted to leave the gang, the gang that he was working for found him. And when he had his own shop, burned his shop in England down. And thus he had to move away to America. So he came to Chicago. And I think they talk about why he chose Chicago. And I don't remember entirely why. But um, and, and that's why I always like. I, and, and let me just address this. The reason why I don't remember these things is because I always like to wait some time just to kind of let the movie digest and process it. And what I remember, I always say, is that's that's the part that sticks with me versus just coming here and laying it all out for you. Right. It's, it's kind of like a filter or, um, you know, one of those things you bring into the beach. Um, I can't think of the name of them, but like it, it, it like filters out the rocks in the powder part of the sand or something. I don't know. Anyway, but going back to what I was saying, um, Leonard is revealed to be a former mobster or gangster. And I love it because it really kind of shows you how he's thought of, um, thought of all this, how he's thinking on his feet, how he's managed to kind of, Combat the you know verbally combat the types of events that happen, you know he he's there's a moment where Roy or uh, Francis has his gun on Fontaine, but her men are both aiming guns at him. So if she before she even hits the ground, he's Roy's dead right or uh, Francis rather is dead. So I loved it because there's a scene where they where uh, Leonard's like. He can't do anything to you. And and Francis is like, what the hell do you mean? And he goes, uh, and, and, and La Fontaine goes, yeah, like, what are you talking about? He goes, because I emptied all the bullets out of his gun. And it's like, dude, what? And then I actually said to myself, like, what the heck? When when, when that happened, because Roy, uh, or, um, I don't know why I keep saying Roy. Francis actually takes the gun, shoots it in the air, and that ju- gives Fontaine's people just enough time to shoot him. And that's like, and it's funny because they show Francis looking in his gun. His gun is loaded, but he, he's wondering like, oh, well, are these just blanks? Or something? Cause he does, he's not thinking he's in the moment. And that's another piece of wordplay. And it really shows how, because Leonard's been in those, um, situations, you know, he's, he knows how these people think and he's able to, to outwit them a little better than your average bear, right? Um, it's also revealed at the end that the outfit, this big prestigious gang, like network thing or whatever was all made up and that it's not real. And so what ends up happening is Leonard is, is shown to be the one that actually fabricated it. And effectively seems to come off as this vigilante type character where he's he, the police yeah they're they're in it and he he's getting them involved he's like um you know like gives uh mabel this tape that allegedly has the rat um and that information recorded on it and it actually was recording everything that happened because it all takes place in one night and so it it actually like well, at least, like n- the the biggest chunk of the movie does, um, if not all of it. Uh, but anyhow, it, it's it's funny because, you know, he he gives Mabel the tape and goes, "Now take the money that Fontaine gave us for the for the dud for the fake tape that I recorded over uh, the intro of the movie with," and. You know, on your way to the train station to go wherever you want to go, because she wants to leave Chicago and go see the world. Give this to the police, and it'll incriminate literally every person but you and me that have, that's been in here all this time. Uh, and then he proceeds to burn his shop, and that's when he faces Frances um, when she leaves. I absolutely adored this movie, and I I wish that there were more of these lower budget, good movies. The director of this, to um, my knowledge, and last I checked, Graham Moore. I believe he's only done the Intimidation Game. It, it looks like, um, and I believe that starred Benedict Cumberbatch. So it. Let, let me just, yeah, um, he's written that. He's also, um, yeah, he's written the Intimidation Game, uh, or wrote, if you want to be politically correct, I guess he's wrote the. Um, he wrote the. The Outfit and The Intimidation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch. I would love to see this guy do more movies. He also wrote a uh, an episode of 10 Things I Hate About You in 2010, which, yeah, okay, uh, I haven't seen. But it, it's really neat. Uh, it says he's an executive producer on a movie called Who Are You People that's coming out this year. But um, I want to see a lot more of this guy's work because I feel like... He really knows what he's doing, and I, I just I would love to see more of his stuff. Um, I'm probably going to end up watching the Intimidation game, because not only do I love Cumberbatch, because I love him from Sherlock, but I also just I, I love when things come together, and I want to see more of this guy's style. Um, yeah, so the outfit that, you know, coming back to the point I made earlier... If, if you didn't see where this is going. Bear with me here. Um, throughout the movie he's creating this this outfit. this this These pants and this suit. Which in the beginning of the movie he says. A lot of people. Most people think that's all really a suit is. Is a, a, a jacket and pants. So he's working on this jacket. And he's working on these pants. But it's a lo- lot more than that. And then he goes on to explain. like What all goes into making these suits. And. You know, it's just, it's brilliant, you know, because there's just, there's all this work that goes into this very simplistic looking article or, or, um, you know, clothing. And so I loved it because, you know, like it's just, it's right in front of us. Like what, what I mean is the name of this gang, the outfit, he's making an outfit. So it's kind of like, hey, he created this. Now, let's kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge the audience. They're not going to have the slightest clue until the end. And there you go. So it's one of those instances where it's like, hey, look at this. By the way, you know, in the end of the movie, by the way, what we were nudging you about. Yeah, here it is. (laughs) Kind of take a step back and show you the bigger picture. And that's one of the things I also loved as well. You know, it seems like Leonard is really trying to make this or really making this effort to to make Chicago a better place by, you know, incriminating all of these gangs or all these gangsters and gang members. And I love it because he's trying to do something for for this city that in his city he he couldn't maybe do. Uh, and I, and I love it because nobody would have suspect the cutter to be that guy. I also kind of enjoyed, I mean, it might sound a little cliche, but there's an instance where he's fighting Francis where he actually takes the shears and these things were like, he, he keeps saying like, yeah, you know, I've had these things since the day I started cutting and, um, just fights that's that's his knife and that's uh francis has his switchblade and so he takes the shears or whatever and he, and he stabs um francis with it and that's how he takes him out but it's just kind of really neat because he talks about how his last shot burnt down and his he had a wife and a and a, and a daughter and they died because that was their home too they were upstairs And those shears were what his wife gave him. And so that's kind of a way for him to remember. And I just, I found that as like a nice little detail as well. Um, But all in all, I just, I absolutely love this movie. And um, I, yeah, I want to watch this again, (laughs) frankly. Um, Just, yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot left that I can think of to say. Other than, wow, I would probably, I'm, I'm going to look at the IMDb score, but before I do, I think it was like a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. I would kind of agree with IMDb on this. I would give it maybe a 7.5 or a solid eight or, um, or so. Uh, when Leonard walks out of the shop or when he walks in at the beginning of the movie, it's day. When he walks out, it's morning. Um, during the movie, it's night, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, it was just, it was just really neat. This, this, movie really just, I don't know. There, there's some of these, there's, there's movies out there that you'll just watch and you'll just go, huh? And it sticks with you. Um, bullet train's a good example. The outfit's a great example. Just these movies that are really fun. And I think more so the outfit than bullet train when it comes to, it has enough to make you think, but it's just, it, it, knows what it's trying to do and i'm not this is no knock on bullet train or anything else but it's just one of those movies that it knows what it wants to do and it executes it so well and i'm just absolutely shocked at how and dumbfounded as to how this movie didn't make more in the box office than um than what it was made for Um, I, I strongly urge anybody listening to this, even if you have listened and you haven't seen it and you, it's been spoiled for you, watch it anyway. It it is an absolute mastercraft, um, and and just dialogue and the way that it's done. So I don't really have much more to say and I don't like to ramble much. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and end this here. I know this was a shorter episode than normal, And I do apologize if you were looking forward to a 45-minute episode filled with a lot more critique and things of that nature. Um, I'm thinking next week I might bring you something a little more spooky. I haven't decided yet. So if you do have a movie that you would like to suggest for me to review or cover on this podcast, or if you would like to just tell me, let me know, and everybody listening know what you thought of the outfit um, please by all means I implore you to go and um, you know, reach out to us at our email and our, our Instagram and our Twitter so you can email us at thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com once again that's thefilmfreaks01 at gmail.com you could also follow us on Instagram at filmfreakspod once again that's at filmfreakspod always feel free to dm us on there as well um i run the email and the in in the uh instagram and the tiktok um one of my friends runs the twitter you can also go on tiktok speaking of uh same handle at film freaks pod once again it's at film freaks pod on instagram and tiktok and on twitter we are at film freaks underscore pod once again it's at FilmFreaks underscore pod. I really don't know why the handle, the Film freaks was taken on in, on uh, Twitter, and it really aggravates me. So, screw you to those guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, um, no, I mean, it's just, yeah. I just, I love this movie. It's so hard to really just, ugh. It's, it's, again, it's one of those ones where just something about it just grabs you. So, yeah. Feel free to reach out and email us. And um, that's all I got to say. Thank you so much again for speaking, or uh, for sharing this time, you know, spending this time with yours truly, with myself. And uh, yeah, I look forward to talking again with you next week. Be safe. And uh, during the winter season, if you're living in any of the places that are getting hit by a cold front or whatever, definitely drive slow and steady. Watch out for all that ice. And we'll be back same time, same place next week. Catch you guys on the flip side. Peace!